Hello and welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper, and I am here today with Kat Medeiros. Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited for this time. I'm excited for a beautiful sharing conversation. Yeah, I mean, our community knows you so well from all the challenges you've been a part of, all the programs, recently the Strength with Weight series, but I'm really looking forward today to getting to know you a little bit better, a little bit about your story. So for us to get started, I would love to know a bit about like your background, your story and how you kind of got to where you are today. Yeah, so I I come from a very active family. My dad was a marathon runner. My mom always encouraged us towards sports and, and movement. So I have two sisters and I have a brother. So we, we got into sport quite young. I come from a very big family. I lived in a full house of 15 plus people. So grandparents, ankles, cousins. Um, so I've, I've learned the joy of, of sharing, right? Like food around a table. Meals were always really fun. Um, everything belongs to everyone in the house, right? There's no like, ah, this is mine. It's everything belongs to everyone. Um, and yeah, so that was my, my earlier bringing into to sporting, uh, as well. Like I mentioned, always into sports. So I played, I played soccer, I played baseball. Um, I started ski racing at the age of three. Um, and then I, I did, competitions so weightlifting competitions I did um competed in strong women as well and of course all of that led into my my bobsleigh career where I was on the national team um I went through two olympic cycles so um yeah I could say I'm very grateful that my parents put us into sport at a really young age um definitely a, a healthy outlet they they probably felt that I needed an outlet for all of that excess energy that I had, right? So that that sense of community that I now get with Salty Souls, but that belonging, the teamwork, the discipline, um, all of that emotional well-being that you get from sports, um, learning to care for your body as well, right? So that was that's a little bit about my, my sporting career, but um, I also study naturopathic medicine. So I think I always had a, a calling towards nature, a calling towards learning more about the body and learning all about the natural ways, right? To stay in alignment with the, the, the cycles of the earth and to take care of the body and the mind. And um, so that's what led my on, on my path to, to naturopathy. But really, I could say, I think it comes from, from experience, right? I've had a lot of experience where, uh, whether it be like depression, anxiety, and going through all these things and as I keep looking for things outside of myself, I realize that I am the medicine. Like I am my own savior. I am my own therapist. So as I start to, to do more of the work, as I dig within, um, I would say that's what really led me to my, my path of wanting to share this passion um, as well. So here I am on the Salty Souls. And we're so happy you're here. 15 people in one family home. That's definitely, I think it's a dynamic. For example, I'm in Central America. It's definitely a dynamic that's very common here. Um, maybe the multi-generational home. I'm not sure how it is in Montreal, but I know maybe in Australia, it's a little less common. So I, I would say that's definitely a bit of a different upbringing, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I guess that was my upbringing, right? I guess like for for me, that was... Being in a in a family with with so many people, right? It was like my my cousins and and grandparents and and 
I, I think for me that just became a norm, being surrounded by a lot of people. Then when I got on tour with Bobsleigh, it was a very similar dynamic. Right? So we're living everyone together. So I think for me, it, again, it kind of became the norm. And it's it, it's crazy that you say that because I'm actually living alone right now in, in, in Mexico. But that was also like through my my experience, right? There's There's a a lot of amazing things that came from coming from such a, a big family. I shared like the joy, the sharing of the meals, becoming hyper aware of like people and my environment. But there was also a lot of unlearning to do, right? There's a lot of uh, hard wiring around that family is everything and it's the most important thing. Um, so th- there's definitely been a, a lot of work as well on, on, feeling validated, feeling seen, especially when you come from a big family, that's not, it's probably something that's a little bit more challenging. Um, So being able to cater to to my own needs before everyone else, when you come from such a big family, it's, it's, we, we, we lose a little bit of of that sense of I am mine before anyone else's. Um, So yeah, I would say maybe in North America, it's, it's not the norm, but I guess that was my norm um, as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's I think that's so cool. And you're living alone in Mexico right now. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. I went. I I I had like I mentioned. I had a calling for for nature, to be more connected uh, with things that truly make me happy. And I knew that when I transitioned out of my career from bobsleigh, I knew I wanted to work online. I knew I wanted to have that freedom and I knew that I had to be closer to nature. Being in Montreal, the the environment of the city, um, not having access to the beach, to the jungle, uh, for me was something that was was quite challenging for years during bobsleigh. It's probably what I love the most about bobsleigh was the fact that I had this beautiful nature around me. I wasn't in isolated in a, a office with artificial light. I got to be out in nature. Um, and working online, I found myself just working inside in front of my computer. I was like, wow, I absolutely love the work that I do. I get to inspire and educate women. I absolutely love it. I'm on purpose, but I have to be closer to nature. So uh, I, I came out to Mexico. I've been living here for about four months now, and I'm not going back to Montreal. <laughs> Congratulations. That's amazing. And I can definitely relate to that. I know when I'm living like in the city or even more in the suburbs, I definitely feel like I'm inside a lot more. I remember the last time I was fully living like in a city, I was sleeping, going to sleep at about three o'clock in the morning. And it was like so normal, right? Because there was just so much light, so much screen, so much. And then I notice when I'm in these spaces more, I have a compulsion to consume more and buy more. It's crazy how this whole kind of machine works. And then I noticed as soon as I moved to El Salvador, which is people were going to sleep at about eight or nine at night because we'd woken up with the sun, we'd surfed, we'd been outside. And even though I was doing my online work, it was it was balanced with this outside aspect. And, and I think it's amazing that you say, yes, like a lot of my work is on the screen, but I am still on purpose. It just means I have to be intentional about balancing that with like nature and with being outside and with grounding myself. 
Yes, the environment. The fact that I, I'm able to be like, okay, I'm going to take a break and just go down to the beach. And actually, like, there's, there's healing in nature, right? Like the negative ions uh, of the beach, the cleansing of the body, just being out in the sun. Like people don't realize that all these things are medicine. Um, and again, just being like in front of a computer, the artificial light, going back to, to our truest nature, I think is, is really healing. So for me, that was definitely one of my priorities coming here in Mexico. Yeah, definitely. It seems like you're very relaxed with your pace of life, but it, it makes me wonder, have you always been so relaxed and in tune and kind of, you know, prioritizing the balance in your life? Or has there been other chapters which were more kind of solution oriented, goal oriented? I'd love to talk a little bit about like, you know, like your bobsled career. I'd like to talk about your career before that, if, if you'd love to share. Yes. Well, it's funny because no, right? It's like, and it's, I think it's something that it's still like a work in progress. I think the slowing down, you talked about the consumer society and it's the, the pull out of alignment in order to, to consume, to be productive in order to feel worthy is so, especially in the city, right? So that's the reason why I, I left. I still need reminders when I wake up in the morning, right? I'll wake up and then the first thing it's like, oh, I have to do emails. I have to, but and it's like, no. Just the fact that you're alive and that you're breathing, just the, just the fact that you are being is enough. Like you are worthy for being, but it's not always been that way. And you talked about the, the bobsleigh career. And I think that's one of my biggest lessons actually from, from bobsleigh is we've been programmed, right? That our worth comes from external things, from money, a bigger house. In sport, it's those achievements, right? Like numbers, titles, medals. So we go on looking for something outside of ourselves to make us feel whole. And then when we achieve this, that the goal that we set out to achieve and we still have that inner void, well, we go on for the next goal. Right. And then we're never truly happy. So I think it's that illusion of I'll be happy once I achieve something. And I see it like I, I work with women and I see it all the time. They come into the program and it's, oh, I'll, I'll love myself once I lose the weight or I'll be happy once I lose the weight. Right. So I do feel very blessed, very happy that I was able to see that during my bobsleigh career, right? Because I've witnessed, I've witnessed so many people get so caught up with this Olympic illusion that I'll be happy once I get to the Olympics. And then they get to the Olympics and then they're still unhappy. So it's like going for the next thing or they don't, right? There's a, a huge reality of you might be working four, eight, 12 years for the Olympics and you not, you might not make it. And then they're completely devastated, right? And they feel like, oh, I've wasted all this time. But really, it's like the the the, the path is the journey, right? It's like, so yeah, I, I think I think being at peace, you know, you talked about peace, like being at peace that there's no destination, right? Like I think that that's a trap. That that's a trap, like getting you to, to desire more. Um, to try to fill that inner void, but there's no destination. So it's like, this isn't my final destination. Like bobsleigh wasn't my final destination. I think that really helped me to transition out of sport. Mm -hmm. um, and then here isn't my final destination as well, right? It's like, it's part of the, the, the journey. It's part of the path. Um, and yeah, I, I remember, you know, it's funny. I remember in, in 2018 at the Olympics at 2018, um, I had a, a teammate crying after the Olympics and she was like, this was supposed to be the best experience of my life. And she's like, I have to go talk to sponsors. What am I supposed to say to family members that have supported me this entire time? I'm supposed to talk to, to kids in school. What do I say? Like, this was actually the worst experience that I've been through. And I said, say the truth. 
say the truth, that the path is the journey, that it's not about those two days out of four years that make the journey worthwhile. It's every step of the way. It's who we become in the process. It's the people that you meet. It's the relationships that you build. It's the lessons that you learn. So I think it's, it, and it's the same, it's exactly the same thing with life, right? We think that we have to achieve a certain goal. It might be a body body goal. It might be like a career goal, a family goal, but really every, every step of the way is just part of the process. Um, and, you know, like, to be honest, like I even like cycled through back to that illusion, right? It's an illusion that we have to break. But I think like when I left the bobsleigh, when I left my, my bobsleigh career, I fell back in that trap that once I finished school, like I'm currently studying naturopathic medicine, and I fell back in that trap of once I get my doctorate, I'm finally going to be happy. I'm, life is going to be easier, right? So it's still, and then what happens when we look for things outside of ourselves, it means that when we don't have it, we also blame things outside of ourselves for that unhappiness that we feel, right? So I think that was a, a, a huge one that I learned that transitions um, into my life that like the power of choice, right? Happiness is a choice. It's an inner state. It's a choice. And I think during my, my bobsleigh career, I was dealt with so many situations that felt so unfair in sport. There's, there's so many things that people don't see behind television, like the corruption. Um, but learning that it's, it's my responsibility on how I respond to things, right? Like we always have a choice. I can, I can choose to be angry, right, and frustrated for, for a decision that was made by the coaches, um, but I chose that nobody would have the power to disrupt my inner peace, right? And I know that if if you were to ask people on on that I competed with or from my bobsleigh team, um, I'm sure that they would remember me as someone who brought love and joy every single day at the track, right? And I think it's like no matter what circumstances we were going through, because <laughs> no matter what we were going through, whether it be like the organization, the, the, the federation, you're going through COVID um, during the Olympics in, in Beijing and in, in China, right? And and no matter what was going on, nobody would steal my joy of living. And I think that's also what high level sport does to you, right? We get so caught up with all these things. We actually lose touch of our real mission here on earth. Like we, we put so much stress on ourselves for things that really don't matter. Right. Um, so I, I bobsled for so long because I, I really enjoyed the lifestyle. Um, I would wake up every morning and just feel blessed Again, that I wasn't in, in an office, that I was surrounded by nature, surrounded by people on the same mission as me, right? And I find this, again, today in the work that I do with the community, with, with, with Salty Souls, right? So I think, yeah, that was a, a big lesson that I, I remind myself even of today. And to be, like, fully transparent, I wasn't always the, the, the fastest girl um, I was never, I was never the strongest girl on the team. I knew that physically I would never push my team to a medal. Uh, but I, I quickly understood what my role was going to be on the team. And that even though I would, wasn't pushing them to a medal, that team would not function without me, right? That the love and the joy that, that I brought for, for simply being alive and, and the existence that we were, were part of, I think uh, that was needed. And it really allowed me to start to tap into my, my, my gifts, right? The power of the mind, the control of my thoughts, the power of choice. Um, so when, when I left bobsleigh, when I decided to retire, I felt like I, I had learned everything that I needed to learn and it was kind of time to move on. 
um, into the, the next phase in my life. And I think that's something that really helped me. Like transitioning out of high performance sport um, is not an easy thing. But for me, knowing that it was just a stepping stone to something something greater really helped me. Um, so if, if any of my teammates listen to this podcast or if uh, athletes struggling through a, a similar transition, um, I think it's, and I still struggled with it, to be completely honest, when I retired, it's been two years out of retirement. Um, and I think it's, I found myself being like, I don't want to work out. Like, I, I don't even, I, I worked out my entire life. I don't even, I don't even want to pick up a weight. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Like, what am I doing? And I realized that all those years, it was, it was simply feeding the ego, right? Like I learned all of those habits through feeding the ego. So then I got to a point where it's like, well, who am I, right? Who am I? I never learned to do all these things to truly love myself. Um, so to anybody listening to this, I think it's a great question to start asking now. It's like, okay, who, who am I, right? Not to wait until you transition um, out of sport. And then the, the self-discovery can be done during high-performance sport. Like, and it, it, we have to start to strip away the titles, like the identity, right? The personality, the conditioning, the programming. Um, and yeah, unlearning a lot of those, those destructive patterns that we also learn from sport. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it must be so hard to start doing while you're still in that environment, right? Where like the people you're surrounded with, your main community, everyone else is judging themselves by the same metrics you are. So it's not like you started this journey of self-love when you left. It's like you were trying to do it while still within this this really high performance environment. And I can imagine that took a lot of like mental strength and a lot of emotional strength to kind of, like you said, be like, okay, my, my job on the team is not to be the fastest. It's not to be like the star performer this is how I'm going to support the team but that's almost like one part of the same the same journey of self-love even though now you've transitioned out of the bobsled it it would have started being like okay well what who am I within this team and now who am I outside of this team right yes totally and you're right it, it is extremely challenging when you're part of that environment which I think this is why I was actually supposed to go see my my partner who was in Europe competing he still competes. And three days before I canceled everything, I canceled my, and I was like, why am I going back to that toxic environment and culture? And I could feel it in my body. It's like, it took me so much work and it took me two years to remove myself from it. Why am I going back to that environment of that externalization of the self of, of like the, the glamorous, like the, the television and the importance of the titles and the medals and just Forgetting who you are and, 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 and simply being a number, simply being a number within an organization. Um, so it, you're right. It's like to be part of, of high level sport. And, you know, it's not only high level sport. It's actually like society in, in general. Right. We see it in big corporations, just society in general. Like we're talking about high level sport, but um, it's not just high level sport. It's like we get brainwashed by these messages and, and standards that we have to achieve certain things in order to, to, to perform. Um, but yes, it, when we're, when we have this pull out of alignment, it just makes things so much more challenging for sure. Definitely. And I think that's definitely something I relate to when I was like leaving high school, entering university. It wasn't just, yeah, for sure. You think, okay, wow, Olympic, that's like the top of the top and being able to share that and that's the identity, but also the people who have the high level job. Or let's say I remember I had a friend in university who was a model and I'm like, wow, if you get validated as a model, you've, you've 
reached the peak, right? Because you're validated by the rest of the world as a beautiful person, or you're validated by the rest of the world as one of the top performing athletes, or you're validated as having one of the best paying jobs. And it starts so young and it is so hard to know when it is happening because it it gets more subtle. I think as you move along your path and then say, maybe you leave things, you come to new things, and then there's another outward reflection and there's another outward, you know, there's always the opportunity to seek outward. Even now, like in the lifestyle that I have, I can still get really caught up on, let's say, the club as an identity. And then I look to my co-founders, MC and Erica, and I'm like, well, they represent the club better than me because they're fitter, because they're stronger, because they surf, because, you know, I they have the lifestyle more. And then almost ex- it it's even to the point of almost excluding myself from my own business that I made, you know, like, and if that's not like not trusting your place in a team to, to a business you made yourself, then it shows that there's still work there to be done. So it's funny, even as we move along our path, we change our lifestyle, we let things go. There is, it always pops up again. It's just more subtle, I think, you know? Yes. And I think it, it comes back up. Like we cycle back into it because we have more to learn. That's what, mm. what I see like cycling back into it. I cycle back into it, even coming here to Mexico. I got here and it was like, wow, I'm living the dream. I'm connected to nature. I'm also in the jungle. This is, this is perfect. And then a few months down the line, I find myself being like, oh, I need a bigger pool. I need a bigger backyard. I need a hammock. I need, and then it's like, and then it's like asking myself, okay, Kat, where are you out of alignment? Like, where are you out of alignment in your life that you're now seeking for things outside of yourself? Like, what's actually going on, right? And I think it's, like you said, like, in this society, we have to have reminders every single day. Like, I wake up and it's like that reminder of, like, I don't need to achieve anything in order to be worthy. Like, simply being perfect and complete just how I came into this world is enough, right? But we need reminders because like you said, it comes, it comes subtly. It'll pull us back into that consumer society and it comes out like very subtly. And I, I've witnessed this in, in sport. I think many of the injuries, like so many people like burn out, right? Burn out a lot of injuries in, in athletes that I, I've witnessed are linked to, to, to that, linked to mental and emotional suppression, Right? We don't get encouraged. We don't get taught to express our emotions. And again, not just in sport, but even like in big corporations, it's like you have to be a certain way. And in society, we don't get encouraged to express emotions. And I actually found, I, I found a journal from the 2018 Olympics not too long ago that I would write in every single day. And I had in it, imagine, so society programs us to not express our emotions. And I programmed in myself, emotions make you weak. I wrote that every single day. Emotions make you weak. Emotions make you weak. It was, it was, I programmed this in my own mind, like suppressing my emotions in order to perform. And it's like now, (laughs) two years later, it's like emotions don't make you weak. They make you real. I I had a friend who's also a high-level athlete and we were having this exact discussion about external validation. And I was like, wow, I'm going through this unlearning process that emotions make me real. They make me authentic. They make me human. Um, that emotion is energy, right? I talk about this in, in, in the classes with the, in, in the Salty Club. It's like, like through the laws of physics, energy cannot be destroyed, right? It can only be transformed. So those years of suppression mean stuck emotions in my body. And I'm learning to release all of those emotions in, in a beautiful way through movement, through the breath, through the community with, with, with the salty souls. 
But yeah, I think in, it's another thing in our culture in general. It's like resting is not appreciated, valued, or understood uh, enough. And again, not just high-level sport. I think we spend so much more time rushing because of those illusions, right? That something outside of ourselves is going to make us feel, feel happy. And then th there's so much lack of rest and relaxation. And then we also get stuck into when we do rest and relax, then we feel guilty for doing it, right? And guilt is like the lowest vibration energy possible, right? So I've been learning here in, in, in Mexico, like that over-attachment to things, like overconsumption, um, indulging in a, in a lifestyle that's quite toxic, right? And I, I do think that I work with women, so and I could see like women are, are especially affected by this, this culture of, of doing more. Um, and I could say, Working with women, many, many women, many are stay-at-home moms, right? And it's beautiful. It's beautiful when they come to the realization that there's actually nowhere to go. Like that this dream that they were chasing, like they're, they're in it. It was all an illusion, right? That being a stay-at-home mom is one of the most fulfilling things they can do as a mother. Like you're creating life. As a woman, we have that gift. We have this powerful gift to be able to contribute to the world in a positive, loving way, right? But again, society makes us believe that working for a big corporate job is going to bring something more. So they go on chasing this illusion, right? Um, so, and I, I was having this discussion just with my sister, Ashley, la last week, telling my sister, like, motherhood is not praised enough, right? And I think m m a lot of the stress and the anxiety and the feelings of frustration that I... I that comes from it, it's it's exactly that. It's a reflection of a patriarchal culture that is just so confused, right? And don't really see how um, the, the well-being of, of mothers is, is essential in this society. And I think it's, again, it makes me think about everything that we went through in bobsleigh was like, none of that actually matters. Like right now we need loving mothers in, in, in this earth. We need to come back to our, our true purpose, our mission, right? And, and as I mentioned, as, as a naturopath, like studying naturopathic medicine, many of the disease and the conditions that we treat are actually from that, that depleted, damaged, like feminine energy, right? And when we talk about feminine energy, um, the, the energy of just being, right, the, the, the patience and the, the empathy and the compassion. And I'm not just talking about women, right, because we have that, that feminine energy and masculine energy in, inside of us. This is just society as a whole. Men and, and, and women are just many of the diseases and the conditions that we, we treat are actually from just overconsumption, overattachment and, and overindulgement. Um, so, yes, I guess I... I love the Salty Club and everything behind it, just inviting women to tap into their full potential, right? And I think that's also, the, it, it's what I do with the, 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 the exercise and, and the program. It's way more than just movement, right? It's way more than just, just the program. It's, and that's why I, I really feel that this community is, is amazing. And I have this calling um, to be here today and, and use my voice to express this, yeah. And we're so happy you do because it's true. Every video that that we do of yours, every every program, it has so much wisdom, and you like to share your stories. And it's just so grounded in this real experience. So it's not just like you do a workout, you walk away with like a perspective shift. And you know, thanks for what you said about mothers not being praised enough. Because I definitely like I'm I work from home, but I work part time. I'm kind of part time, part time, part time. You know, well, you're a full time mum all the time, right? But I definitely like 
when for about 10 years, I was super ambitious. You know, I was building the club. I was working for Salty Souls. I was freelancing and I was so ambitious. And I I really wanted to be like a career woman with my writing and with my podcasting. And I, I really wanted to reach whatever peak. And then I got pregnant and I just saw my ambition declining. You know, I just saw it kind of starting to to breathe and, and I wanted less. It felt less important that I show the world what I am, that I'm a writer, that I'm successful, that I have this. And I, I noticed this backslide in that desire and it was scary. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting lazy. Like this is what everyone says happens to moms who get like people who get pregnant and have babies. And, and it was almost like this fear. Like if I'm not producing, if I'm not productive, if I do actually let my career not not stop because I never really stopped, but I definitely let it become a lot more spaced out what I was doing. And I definitely did things slowly. And I definitely let a lot of things go because I said any minute I'm not with my, especially in the early days, because they grow so fast. Any minute I'm not with my kid, like it has to be worth something. I'm not just going to waste time on this or that when that is time with my kid that I won't get back. And now that he's a little bit older, that that desperation has relaxed a little bit too. Like I'm allowed to let him go. I'm allowed to do some things for me as well. But I definitely agree there is this perspective shift with having kids, which is like all they are is life, right? They're life unfolding and life happening and they don't care what's happening in the future. They don't care what's happening in the past. They're just alive and you have to catch it while it's happening. It's not to say you have to be home, you have to be watching every movement, but that was the reminder for me, like, okay, life is unfolding now. I can't constantly be in preparation mode for my life to happen or reaching for something. So thank you for sharing that. And thanks for sharing that you see a lot of other mothers kind of go through that sort of decline in ambition as well, because, you know, it's easy to think it's just you. Yes. And what I hear is like, you're tapping into that, that present moment, right? That's all we have when we're so stuck and the mind gets us to to be stuck in this illusion of the future. Right. And then next thing, you know, like you said, like your, your kids are growing and it's like, wow, like, so, so what I hear is like coming back to the present moment. That's, that's where the power is in like being here right now. And just, and even for me, I still need reminders and something that's been helping um, I know that when I start to think like, okay, my worth isn't tied to productivity, but then like you mentioned, there's, there's almost like this fear attached to it. What are people going to think? Like, I remember going to the beach and being like, I felt guilty. Like, what is my, my team is going to think that I'm not actually working because I'm here at the beach. People think I'm on vacation in, in Mexico. So I had to actually start to let go of those illusions and be like, cat, this is the real work right? Loving yourself every single day through this, like, this is the real work, right? It's part of the work. So I think when I started to shift that mindset, um, again, that, that, that was part of the work, like the work isn't replying to emails and, and being on my computer all the time. There's, there's a lot of other work, um, surrounding all of that self-love. So that for me was something that, that allowed me to dissolve some of the, the, the guilt and shame around it. Totally. I relate. I know like my partner's a lawyer. He's actually quit this week, which is exciting, but he's a lawyer. And I remember like, like, cause we don't live together all the time um, for his work. But I remember when we were living together, I would need to write something, but to write something, I have to start thinking and to start thinking and exploring, I need space. So most of my day was kind of just 
pottering around, maybe skating, maybe cleaning something, maybe this, just to kind of start to get some ideas flowing. And then he'd come in and it would be like, I was at hearings all day. Like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, like how I come up with ideas for my work is I have to have a lot of empty space for things to come to me. Otherwise they don't come. If I'm sitting in a computer eight hours a day, it won't be as good as if I spent seven hours doing something and then sat down for an hour. And I think that's, that's a very, and I think a lot more people are kind of realizing that is like, yeah, okay, you can say you're sitting down for eight hours a day because that's the paradigm that we're given with the 40-hour work week. But even they have found that this is not as productive as they think it is. No one sits down for eight hours a day and works eight hours a day, truly. Everyone, you're you're procrastinating, you're getting up, you're drifting, your concentration's drifting. So I think if you were actually to measure even people sitting like eight hours a day at at the desk, how productive they are, I think it would be very minimal anyway. So why not have that time be like inspired and getting yourself to the best possible place? So when you sit down, there's that flow state and that focus, and then you're done again. You know what I mean? Yes, I totally know what you mean. I remember a time where I would wake up like when I was so caught in that lifestyle and I'd be like, today I'm going to be creative. And I would just sit in front of my computer and it was like, like just so fatigued and like trying to force it. And then realizing that like creativity is an inner quality, right? And we can bring that into everything that we do. But you said something that was that emptiness, we got to empty. We got to empty the mind. You got to sit in stillness. And only when you're fully empty, then everything, like that's the feminine energy, right? When you start to be, you start to receive. You don't actually have to to force things, right? That's the masculine energy of trying to force and doing and the fire energy, right? So as we tap more into our feminine side, it's like, wow, I get to do this in a state where I'm actually just flowing and everything, like I'm more creative, I'm writing and it's, it's taking me less time. It's taking me less energy. I feel more on purpose. Um, and I, I, I absolutely agree. I love it. I've been through that transition as well. And it's like, okay, it's not, we can't use power and force, right? So being able to, and a lot of people, it's like, it's not the answer that they want to hear, right? When I, when people ask me, it's like, okay, well, you need to sit in silence. You need to, to quiet the mind, quiet all of the noise around, right? Because we talked about the, the conditioning and the programming. It's like those voices become so loud that people don't hear their inner voice anymore. Um, so being able to sit in silence, to be able to receive those messages and be in that flow, 100%. Yeah, totally. It's funny. It's funny what just came to my mind because as I was messaging you to start this podcast, I saw that you came online just before we were we were due to start, and I was like, "Is this someone who actually doesn't check her phone first thing in the morning?" I know that we all say that we don't or we don't want to, but I'm like, "Is this someone who actually does the thing of not looking straight at their screen in the morning?" Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I I I build this this routine to be, and it's like it's something that I people listening, right? I, I, I said this to, to my group a, a few days ago. Um, and it's like one of the main things I do when I wake up, because like I mentioned, I still wake up and feel this pull to do in order to be worthy. And the first thing I say is like, feel that state of joy in your body. Don't get up and don't do anything else until you actually feel it in your body. You can't fake it, like fake it till you make it doesn't work. So it's like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, that's where like the self-discovery process begins but for me it's like it's it's reminding myself right it's reminding myself and it's like okay I am perfect and complete just not how I am right I am a being of life perfectly aligned with the infinite source of the universe I vibrate love and energy and 
harmony and peace. And you see, I already start to feel it in my body, right? But if you we wake up and it's like, oh, I'm tired, right? Because sometimes that's the first voice that comes up, but I have the power to choose, right? So when that voice comes up and it's like, oh, I'm tired uh, another day, it's like, do I choose to stay in that state or do I choose to change my state? Now, when I first started doing it, it one song wasn't enough, right? I would put a song and it's like, okay, I need two songs. I need three songs. I need a full one hour affirmation before I can actually feel it, right? And as I do this constantly every day, it's like, I don't go on about life until I actually have that state of joy in my body for simply being, not because I was an athlete, not because I work, not because I'm a, a, just simply for being, right? And it's like, again, life will bring us out of alignment. Um, so it, it's great that I have it first thing in the morning, but then we need reminders during the day because emails will pop up, a text is going to pop up, the kids are going to come and it's like work. So then it pulls you out. So it's like, okay, how do I come back to that center? Um, being out in Mexico was again, a huge reason why I came here. Um, I actually didn't go home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I didn't go home for Christmas. And it's funny cause you, you had asked me that, right? Yeah. You had asked me like about the podcast, um, during, during Christmas time. And I didn't go home for Christmas simply because family, like this programming of family is everything, right? Um, that, that blood runs thicker than water. And it was like, for me, it was going back to, to, it was going back to family trauma. I was going back to anxiety. It was going back to a scarcity mindset, right? So I, and that's also part of self-love, right? Being able to not violate our own boundaries, Many times people think it's like, oh, people are violating our boundaries, but it's 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 us like not being able to actually live in truth and having that personal integrity of of, that isn't in alignment with the life that I'm creating right now. And even if it's family, I have to I want to stay in my my little sanctuary here in Mexico. So that was actually a big step in in my self-love, saying no to to family, not going home for Christmas um, and, and being here. Yeah. Something I've definitely noticed about you and something I admire is you talk about your experiences, being honest about like where the trauma was, where the hurt was, where the disappointment was, where the toxic culture was. Like you talk about all these things, but always, you're always like after that, taking this personal responsibility, not being victimized. Like it seems like you're very committed to being like, yes, these things happened and I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to be honest about them but I'm not going to frame my story in a way where it's, well, these things happened to me and now this is why I am. You're very like, these things happened to me and through that, this is what I learned and being committed to learning and then how do I show up every day? And that is something actually really rare that I don't see in a lot of people. And even just from doing your videos, even just from talking to you, that's something that I take away because I have been surrounded by people who have, you know, something happened to them 20 years ago and that is like their badge for how they receive the world. And I think we all know someone or know people and it is tempting sometimes to do that to yourself too. Well, this one thing happened to me. I had this like relationship three years ago and it fucked me up. You know, like people have these things where it's like, so what I love is how you don't deny what happened. You don't deny what you've been through, but at the same time you're like, and this is who I choose to be today and every day. Yes. And I think I love that you you talk about this because it's to fully understand that you are the medicine, you are your own savior, you are your own master, you are your own therapist, that you have all that power inside of you. Everyone wants to connect to that power inside of them. Everyone wants to create the, the, the life they desire, right? We talk about abundance and vitality and energy. Everybody wants that. But in order to unleash that power, you also have to take personal responsibility for what you create, right? So there's 
tremendous um, power that comes from the fact that you're like, I don't like what I'm seeing right now, but I created this. As long as you keep resisting it, you're, you're, you're not accepting. And if you resist, well, you're actually staying in that same pattern. So you just keep recreating the same thing over and over again. And then you keep blaming people outside of yourself and you keep asking like, why is this happening to me? Right. That was a, a huge one that, that acceptance acceptance is accepting what is right. Accepting that, that, and you said something that I really love. It's like, being able to validate ourselves, right? Being able to validate that pain, being able to validate that it, it's it, it's a painful experience, right? So we're not denying it, right? We're not suppressing it, right? Just like high level sport, it's like we never get taught to express emotions. It's like no, we can we can actually sit with pain. We can actually transform that pain into something beautiful. You can cry, you can laugh, you can. All emotions are are, are welcome, but. Again, we're not in that victim mentality of why is this happening to me, right? And every time we say, why is this happening to me? It's a form of resistance and the universe will keep resisting whatever it is that you want to create. So, yes, I, I think a lot of people need to hear this, but it's not it's not so easy, right? People, again, like people don't want to, to actually go through the pain of taking personal responsibility. I think it's it's one of the big things. Yeah, it must be something you see a lot in your work with women as well this resistance to taking responsibility and also feeling your emotions. Yes. 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 Being able to, and again, I come back to, to movement. I think movement is medicine, right? So when we, when we view movement as medicine, it's like, okay, I get to express myself. I get to let the emotions move through the body. I get to actually transform it into something beautiful. Like I'm not suppressing it. There's a form of self-expression. There's creativity that, that's coming from, from movement. And yes, in today's society, it's like we don't get taught to express emotions. So I think, um, yeah, connecting to our truest nature again, it, it makes me think of like the, the, the we were talking about the workouts. And I think... Uh, like during the workouts, I always use affirmations, right? Because I, I view this moment. So that one hour, that 45 minutes that I have, it's like this opportunity that we have to rewire the brain, right? And you could say, I love myself as you're sitting that on the couch, but it's like when you're saying it as you're taking action, as you're doing a squat or as you're moving your body, there's that mind-body connection, right? It's enhanced. Um, so it's making time to meet yourself, to celebrate the body, like the beautiful gift. It's, it's, your body is a sacred temple, right? And I think all, all addictions come from the mind, right? And addiction to people pleasing, addiction to material, addiction to sugar, to alcohol, drugs, they all come from the mind function. Right. So when we get out of the mind and we start to move into the body, we start to connect with our bodily sensations. There's less thinking. There's more feeling. It's medicine. Right. Movement is medicine. So, again, I, I guess it's really more than just an exercise program. Right. It's liberating. It's empowering. It's it's beautiful. We all know exercise makes life better. Our mood, our energy, just our general outlook on life improves. But sometimes it can feel like too much of a mission to get to a gym or to commit to a full hour workout. You're busy, I'm busy, life is hectic. The Salty Club makes it easier than ever to sharpen your mind, body and soul with online equipment-free workouts starting as short as 7 minutes all the way up to 50-minute classes. You can choose one-off classes or commit to a whole program where every class is planned out for you for a series of weeks. And the best bit? You'll be able to talk and share with other women in our group chat for that extra dose of motivation. The Salty Club is $19 a month, but you can try it absolutely free for one whole month 
with the exclusive code to this podcast. You'll go to the website, thesalty.club, and then the code you will use is SCLUBPOD. So S-C-L-U-B-P-O-D. Definitely. And I think as well, I mean, we're in January, which is New Year's resolution time. And I know there are so many different ways to approach movement, like movement as well can be medicine or it can be toxic, like in the, in the way that you approach it. Right. And I know so many people are thinking like, okay, I'm going to approach movement with the purpose of losing weight. I'm going to approach movement with the purpose of like paying for what I did over Christmas. I'm going to approach movement from the place of performing, making my body look a different way. And that's why I love how you do kind of focus on it from a different perspective. And you've said before where it's like, well, discipline is self-love. And discipline is like loving yourself and making yourself show up. But I think it's like this fine line that you you kind of do really well, which is like, yes, this self-love, but what commitments are you going to make to yourself while also not punishing yourself, right? And that's what sometimes I get a bit lost in is like, how can you kind of like bring forth this medicine while also not being like making people revert to that place of like, I have to push myself every single day. I have to have my body look a certain way. I have to lose weight. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I think it comes back to, to like coming back to, okay, what is loving behavior towards yourself, right? And I've asked this question to so many people and a lot of times people don't know the answer, but when you start to realize like, okay, nourishing my body with real food, that's love, right? Nourishing my mind with positive thoughts, that's love. Moving my body, that's love. So if you start to move your body because you love yourself, not because you want to look a certain way, not because you want to achieve certain goals, but when you truly start to move your body because you're like, hey, I'm going on a walk, not because I have to get my step count up, not because I want to, to, to lose this specific place in, in my body. I'm going on a walk because it makes me feel good because I love myself, right? So I think it's it's a lot of times people lack, lack clarity, right? What people lack is clarity. Um, and and I think if if we want to create if if we want to create the life that we truly want, um, we we need more clarity in our life, right? So as we get into like you talked about New Year's resolutions, as we get into twenty twenty four, it's like people think like oh New Year, New Me. All of a sudden, they start to have these these goals, right? They want to get back to the gym or they want to move, but again, it comes back to that self love. Like I always say it in the program that I work, it's like it, it's a weight loss program, right? And when they come into the program, it's like like. The, the weight loss is going to be a byproduct of loving yourself, right? Mm. And it's for some, it takes a few months. For others, it takes years before they get it. They're like, oh, now I understand, right? So I think w- one of the, the first things is bringing clarity, right, into why we do the things we do. Like having clarity about like, why are you choosing these things? Like, why are you moving your body, right? Are, are you moving your body just because you want to look a certain way? Um, I know I was caught in that illusion for a long time, loving myself for my body. But when you understand that you are not your body, you're loving yourself for something that you're not, and it's never going to truly make you happy. So I think it was like, it, again, coming back to, to, to clarity, being clear on, on, on values and beliefs, right? Um, and, and values, they become like a compass in your life, right? And I would say like half categories, like for instance, food, right? What are, what are your values and beliefs around food and the food system? Like, again, I value food as medicine. Like every cell in your body makes new food out of the foods you eat, right? It's way more than just calories. When I look at food, it's not like, oh, it's, it's a, a protein or it's a, a fat or it's a carbohydrate. Like it's information. It talks to my DNA. It alters hormones, mood, right? I value sustainable and local farming, 
right? This means that I don't want to be giving my, my money and energy to corporations that are destroying the planet, right? I don't want to give my money to companies that don't care about the health of individuals, that are advertising unhealthy foods as healthy, contributing to chronic disease, right? So that automatically, for me in my life, eliminates all fast food restaurants. I don't eat fast food, not because it's not healthy, right? Because that's not sustainable. If, if that was the reason why, eventually I'd probably like, especially being in America, you stop at a drive-thru, right? But when it becomes at the core essence of who you are and what you stand for, staying no to fast food, right? Not because it's not healthy, but because it's, it's truly who I am, then that's what makes it sustainable. That's how I, I find like we don't cycle back into that, oh, it's New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me, Right. Um, so I think, yeah, around food, that's a huge one that I think it really changed my perspective and changed my life. Like we having empathy for the food, like understanding that the work behind it, like in order, like every day I still give love and thanks to my food. Like it's like I needed the sun, the earth, the moon, the water, like in order for the food to be food. Right. And there's the love behind it. And that's what I'm feeding my body. Right. Not that manufactured processed food that hijacks taste buds. Right. So when you you start to really embody those concepts, um, it makes things a lot easier. Um, and again, it, I think it's coming back to like that, that, that self-love. Same thing with the movement. Right. Starting to view like movement as medicine. Right. That. And I say this so many times during the workouts, like exercise is the most transformative thing you can do for the brain. You're releasing all of those feel-good neurotransmitters, right? You have the ability to, to, to alter your, your mood and your hormones, right? So I think creating that, that awareness for sure uh, uh, around thoughts and the things that we're, we're, we're choosing, um, is it, that's really what is, is life-changing, Right. Um, so we don't cycle back into New Year's um, resolutions. Yeah. Totally. That seems like a very grounded way to approach. Like it's OK to have resolutions, but make sure they're coming from a grounded place of values and what truly matters to you, not just something outside of yourself that, like you said, you think when you lose the weight, you'll be great. And that's not what we've ever seen to be true. Right. Because the bench post always moves. So I think that's great to be like, what actually matters to you? Like, what are your values? And that creates a more structured approach to something. And that's probably more likely if you have resolutions to carry you through. Yes. And then I would say, you know, like I have a document where I go through this every single year. I have a document with all my values. So like food, family, health, and I have all the, these, these things that I want to live by. Right. And then the real work is like, like to go back to that document and am I actually living the way I say I want to live, right? Closing that integrity gap. That's the real work. Every year I actually open up that document. And in the past 10 years, it haven't, it hasn't really changed. The same values are there, right? But it's like, like, am I closing that integrity gap? Am I, am I taking action? Am I doing what I say I'm going to do, right? So I think that's, that's where the real work lies. And it, it usually starts with the small daily things. Like a lot of times people want to want big results and they think they need to make big changes in their lives. Um, but it's, it's like change a small little daily thing, right? The smallest little baby step is how you, you get there. So I think that would be a message as well, right? Small baby steps. Like, and I mean the smallest of the steps you can think about. And it could simply be like, what is your first thought like when you wake up in the morning, right? That could be a small baby step. 
Um, so I think a lot, a lot of people have unrealistic goals and expectations, right? And people need basic, they need simple, like come back to the most basic things, like what type of food are you nourishing your body? What type of people are you surrounding yourself with, right? Like ask yourself, mm. where am I out of alignment in my life? Like what is depleting my energy? Like be honest with yourself. I, I love Paul Check. He's a great mentor of mine. And he says, honesty is the fastest way to health. Right? It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. People rather stay in that victim mentality of like, why is this happening to me and blaming others? But honesty is the fastest way to help. So as we get into 2024, it's the first thing I, I do. It's like have an honest look and reflect on the year behind, because if you don't, chances are you're going to be recreating the same patterns over and over again, just being unconscious about what you're creating. Right. So taking personal responsibility. Um, and asking yourself, like, okay, where am I out of alignment in my life? How can I live more in truth? Right. And and sometimes it is painful. There is some pain that comes to it. Every time we break an illusion, you talked about it, right? Every time we break an illusion, of, there's there's that you have to let go of that fear, and it's so ingrained in us. We have to let go of that. There's there's pain that comes to it, right? But if we're able to actually sit through the pain, then there's there's actually something really beautiful that comes out of it as well. Definitely. I think that's so important. And I like how you touched on, it's easy to write down what you think is a value of yours, like kindness, like it's my main value. And then you sit down and think, where did I choose kindness today? Or where was I rushing? Or where did I not give patience? So it's like, I think that's a great exercise to actually put down in all the facets of your life, what, what your value is, but then really asking yourself, am I actually living up to this? Or is this just a word that I want to have, but I don't integrity? Because all of these things are things that happen not in front of other people, integrity to yourself, like, you know, people can't see that and judge you on that necessarily. Like you laying there in the morning and being like, I'm going to set my mood, I'm going to set how I feel about myself, I'm going to set how I embrace the world. That is stuff that people don't see. And all this stuff is that's not measurable necessarily. And it's and this is why I think it's important because a lot of the time we can feel like, well, this is unseen by the outside world. You can't measure it. You can't get praise for it. And it's like we are not taught that this is a value to have. Like we said, the out, outward facing world, the external validation world, the external success world. To be like actually all these things and this is why we push journaling so much in the club, to journal, to talk, to have a conversation with yourself and just to really have learn how to talk to yourself because we can be so cut off from what we're trying to tell ourselves and what's important to us. Yes, I agree. And I think you have to experience it, right? Like many people listening to this right now, it's like they're listening to our experience, right? They're listening to us, but they have to go out in the world and experience it, right? The ego mind has a tendency to think that because we understand something from the mind, we've acquired it, but you have to transfer what you know to the mind into the body, right? So I think people listening to this, it's like, okay, you have to go out like tomorrow morning when you wake up, Find your joy in your body, like feel it in your body. And I think once we actually get a taste of it, once you start to get a taste of the bliss inside your body of simply being like you want more of it. Right. So once you have that experience within your body, then it's that that self-motivation, like you don't need that much outer motivation anymore to go back to that place. Right. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree. It's so easy. You know, I listen to podcasts and then I think, okay, someone talks about their experience and what they learned for it. So because I listened to it, I acquired that now, like I can add that. And it's like, no, that's it. You have to feel it on your skin. You have to earn it for yourself. So I think that's a really important point, point to make as well. Yes, we are talking about our experiences and what we've learned, but this is not like, okay, cool. Now I know this. It's like, no, an invitation to feel it for yourself. 
Yes, an invitation to feel it for yourself. I know I you you said that is funny, but I felt the same way. It's like you read a book and you're like, okay, now the first thing we want to do is actually share it with people. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, let me integrate it first. Like, how can I actually integrate it? And we can only truly teach what we've integrated in our bodies, right? So it's yeah. taking, and it comes back quicker. Like I know with a lot of times with the work that I do, it's like seeds are being planted, right? Like every week I come out and I have a message and I, I, I send value to my group. And it's like, it's like, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to integrate all of that right away. But then when they do, it's like the information's already in their mind. And it's like, it comes flooding back. It's like, oh, that's what Kat's talking about. Now I get it. And I see it. They're like, Kat, I get it. I was on a walk and I was like, I could hear your voice in my mind. And it was like, this is loving myself. She's like, I got it. Right. So it's like that repetition of, of the consistency um, and the repetition of what we're teaching as well. It's like mm -hmm. seeds that are being planted. Um, so yes, I think it's, it's, but really it's go out and experience it for your own and it's going to be a different experience, right? I think that's the, the beautiful self-discovery process. That was actually my theme for 2024 with my group. It was like, like truly dig inwards, right? And go through that self-discovery process of who you truly are, right? Without all those masks and that personality and the social upbringing and the parental, like truly get into who you truly are. Um, and that requires to dig inward and it's going to be a, a different experience for, for, for everyone. We're all unique. Mm -hmm. It makes me laugh because it makes me think about when I'm, I'm trying to teach my kid things I haven't integrated myself. Like it's okay to feel your feelings and write out this emotion. You don't need to act. You don't need to stop it. You don't. But for me, myself, I'm like, this feels so bad in my body. I need to do something. And then even when I'm like to my boyfriend, like you should work on your anger. It's like, oh yeah, are you working on your own anger? So it's very easy to quickly like rebound that advice to other people than to actually integrate it ourselves, right? <laughs> Yes. And I think like that's I, I love that. I love that with movement as well. I think there's a correlation right there. It's like like people don't understand that when they start to move their bodies, they it, it transitions into everything else that they do in life because they're creating this relationship with their body. As you become more attuned to the sensations that you feel in your body as you're working out, you're going to create more awareness around the emotions that you feel when you get in an argument with your, your spouse or with the kids, right? So it truly is medicine and it truly does transfer into everything else that you do. And that's why as we do the workouts, like I say like, okay, what is it that you're feeling in your body? What sensations are you feeling in your body, right? It's a form of meditation. As the mind starts to wander about all the things we got to do on that to-do list you bring it back to the body like oh I feel it in my thighs oh I feel it in my I, I feel it in my glutes right and when you start to notice the different sensations in your body it helps you to notice different emotions in your body as well like what does anger feel like in your body like what is what does joy feel like in your body what does sadness feel like in your body and when you start to be more aware of what those sensations feel like in your body um it it's allows more awareness and more control over them as well, right? You don't, you're not a slave to your mind or thoughts and, and your emotions anymore. Mm. And I think that's especially true, like you said, with working out, how so many things can pop up, like when you're pushing yourself, like that feeling of I can't do this isn't a neutral, oh, well, I've evaluated my body and I feel like I can't do this. It's like filled with anger and sadness and like frustration, like I can't do this. And you must see that as well so much with women, like I can't do this. And to be able to guide people through that, like to, that is rewiring the stories they tell themselves, not just moving, but then in their whole lives, like what happens at that point of feeling like? 
like, I can't do this. What actually comes up for you? Is it sadness? Is it grief? Like what, what is actually there? Yes. And it's this deep belief ingrained in us that like, I'm not worthy, right? And it's like, I can't do this. I'm not worthy of simply loving myself just for moving. Like, again, it's a huge programming that I've had to, to, to unlearn from. Um, with with bobsleigh it's like like I move my body now to make myself feel good because I'm worthy of just feeling good not for the amount of reps for the amount of weights not for to achieve a, a certain thing but simply just because I move my body and it, it makes me feel good so there's never a I can't what do you mean you, you can't like you can always do one more squat you can always feel good right there's always so you're right it's like there's this deep programming that I can't do this or I'm not not good enough I'm not worthy of, of simply moving my body, I still stuck in that illusion that I, sh- I expectations, right? Expectations bring misery. They bring a lot of suffering that I should be in a certain place or I should be able to do these things. Um, so yes, again, we get to, to actually reprogram the mind as we move our bodies. Again, the mind-body uh, connection is enhanced. So I, I love to use that opportunity to actually dig into that that deep rewiring of the uh, of the brain, right? Like, I am worthy. I am loved. I am safe. I am secure, right? Yes. Definitely. I Switching a little bit, I'm kind of thinking a lot about like as we enter like our 30s, some people into their 40s, like I've noticed a lot of conversations around me are kind of like, well, once you get to these age, you just, your back just starts hurting or you start having these chronic pains and people are like, well, that's just getting old. Like, do you hear that a lot? And what do you say to that? That like, well, it's just the age now and you're just going to have aches and pains and that's it. Yeah, it comes. It all comes back to the same thing, right? Of like the the thoughts become things, right? So what do you feed your mind, right? Thought becomes things. You have the the power to to create the life that you truly desire. So if that programming is my back hurts and I'm not able to do that, that's what you start to see in your external world, right? Like our internal world is going to be reflected right back at us. Um, so I think it's it's it, it comes back to that deep programming of I'm not worthy, right? And taking care of yourself. Um, every every little self act of, of, of care for yourself is love, right? So when, when people have this belief that, okay, as you do, again, it's coming back to the, the belief that they are their bodies, right? It's like, and because they're so identified with their physical body as they start to, to grow older. And I say this to women coming into the program as well. It's like, I let them know that one, you are not your thoughts and you are not your body. So if you identify with these things, what happens when once you're 80 years old, right? And your body starts to change, you're back at square one because now you've spent, I don't know how many years identifying with your physical body, thinking that you have to love yourself because you love you look a certain way. And as you start to grow older and as your body starts to change, you're back in square one in, in wow, I don't like what I see. Right? I don't like what I see. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's it's really coming back to that that self-love, that self-love of I am perfect, complete, and whole, just how I am, how God created us, right? And it's not, that is not an achievement. It's not something that we acquire. We have to come to the realization 
of that. Um, so I would say for, for people being stuck in that, oh, I'm growing, I'm, I'm growing older and now I have all these back pains and they normalize it, right? Again, yeah. society normalizes that as you get older, it's just something that's going to happen, but you can break that programming, right? You can, you can definitely break that programming and, it's, and it's th- it starts with the mind. It starts with rewiring thoughts and beliefs around that, looking at where we acquired those beliefs um, and then choosing, choosing something different. We always have the power to choose. Thank you. I think that's so true. And I'll say that to a few people in my life. <laughs> it's programming. I would like to know, switching topics a little bit, I would like to know what's the most important thing you've learned about yourself through a breakup, through a previous breakup? Well, it's, it's, I don't know if I could say it's funny, but I'm actually going through a breakup right now, right now. And it's, it, I think it's just the flow of life, right? So I'm obviously still processing a, a, a lot of things. Um, but I would say it, it's not a breakup. It's a breakthrough. That's the first thing we talk about rewiring the mind. It's a breakthrough, right? Um, it's a beautiful, painful experience, but it's a breakthrough. And I would say it's it's the first thing that I'm learning right now, right? It, it's painful. We talked a little bit about pain, but the only way out is through. The only way out is through. And to transform that pain, right? We actually have to sit through it. That's something that I'm learning right now. We talked about acceptance. I have to accept what is, right? Every time I start to think, why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? It's a form of resistance, right? So I have to totally surrender and accept that's, that's what it is right now, right? Then I have to sit through the pain. That's, that's the very uncomfortable thing. I got to sit through the pain. And what I mean by sitting through the pain, right? It's, I got to sit through the pain and feel it in my body for so long, right? I would distract myself, even with healthy things. Oh, I'm going to go move my body. I'm going to go see friends. I'm going to go to the gym, right? But if I truly want to to transform that pain, I have to sit with it. So that's been something that I've been learning right now, not distract myself, not even with positive things. And when I say sit with the pain, it's not sit with the pain and start to look at pictures from us from the past and start to (laughs) identify with my thoughts. It means to just sit with the pain and, okay, breathe through it. Where do I feel pain in my body? And I can say that that as I do this process, the pain is it, it's the pain of expectations, right? It's dissolving the pain of expectation. I expected things to be a certain way. Again, expectations is all of the mind. Expectations that we were going to be in a certain place at a certain time, right? So again, living in the future. Pain comes from all those expectations and it comes as well from breaking illusions, right? It comes from breaking illusions that something, again, it's like a common theme, something outside of myself was going to make me feel whole, right? This type of like fairy tale love, but this programming is so deep in us, right? We see it on Disney movies. We see it on finding the perfect match and finding the perfect prince and that, 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 someone out there is going to be a perfect match to you and make you feel whole again. So as I go through the pain, it's the realization of uh, nobody can bring me that joy and happiness other than myself. Um, And that type of of fairy tale love, right? As I go through the pain of breaking that illusion, I realize it's quite immature love, right? It's quite immature to think that that someone outside of myself is going to make me feel whole. And, um, Yes, to be in order, to be my best self, I've got to love myself, right? And that means loving myself alone. And when I talk about being alone, right, I started that process actually by saying no to family and staying here in Mexico. And when I say being completely whole alone, 
I'm not talking about loneliness, right? When we, when I think about loneliness and I know, like I've been through that process of like, oh, I feel lonely. So I'm, again, when you're lonely, you're craving something outside of yourself. Like I'm counting the days until I could see him. I'm, I'm thinking that he's going to make me feel better as I go through a difficult or challenging moment in my life, right? I found myself stuck in that, that illusion um, that, oh, I feel lonely, right? I'm craving, there's something missing. But when you actually get into feeling that totality of being alone. It's like, oh, I everything I've been looking for is actually right in, inside of me, right? So I think relationships offers us a beautiful gift. It's a mirror, right? It offers us, a, a, it's a mirror allowing us to see where we are, who we are. Many people don't want to hear that, right? Because all those triggers come up and it's so easy to blame. He makes me feel this way or she makes me feel oh, yeah. this way, right? But relationship is a mirror, right? And it, it, if we're able to, to understand that, it offers tremendous growth. Um, and I, I can say the lessons that I've learned from my, my latest relationship as I go through this, this process is it, it was a, a beautiful gift. I got to see areas that I was unaware of. Like, how are you supposed to change something that you're unaware of, right? So, so relationship will offer that to you. I was able to heal some some deep family trauma, right? That was that was something incredible as well. Self limiting beliefs, learning to truly love myself for being me, to be myself, right? And yeah, and you, it, it brings me back actually to the, you talked about emptiness, about that creativity, right? To be myself alone. And when I say be myself, I don't mean to be with my person, but to actually be empty, right? To empty the mind, to empty and find that stillness within of simply being. So it, this relationship, I'm also learning that. And then finally, I would say something that I've, I've seen myself cycle through is that I, I can't, you, you can't change people, right? I was in this relationship and almost like trying to force things, trying to force change, but we all grow at different rates. And again, I think if we were all walking the same path I and mean, if we were all exactly in the same, um, if we were all exactly in the same space in our life, we wouldn't be able to, to learn from one another. So I think I, I can't change people, right? When the, they say when the fruit is ripe, it, it falls on its own. And I feel like I was kind of like shaking the tree, trying to be like, okay, like I want you to live all these things with me. So again, expectations, letting go of control. I think those would be the, the, the biggest lessons that I, I'm going through right now. But I think to sit with the pain, that was my breakthrough. Yeah, definitely. And that's such a testament, honestly, the fact that you went through this very, like, you're recently going through a breakup. Firstly, thank you for sharing with our community. I know there's people listening who are going through the same thing. So it can just be really nice for people to know they're not alone. So thank you for being honest and vulnerable with that. Firstly, secondly, it's such a testament to you because this was Christmas, right? And it's traditionally such a like thing about family and being around and being around people and how easy it would have been to go home to like distract yourself. And even if it was chaotic and like hurtful or whatever, at least you would have been distracted right so I think it really speaks to like your conversation with like taking care of yourself to be like I'm not going to go just to be distracted I'm going to stay here and I'm going to like know that this is a very time of year where people are around their loved ones and I'm still going to be brave enough to like sit here alone and feel my pain so thank you for sharing that I think that's really brave what you did 
Yes. And we talked about the New Year's resolution, right? And, and writing things down. And then it's like, okay, it's one thing to write it down. And then we have to have the courage. It takes tremendous courage to say no when it doesn't align, right? And that's what I was going through. It's like, okay, it's nice to write it down. It's nice to say, I want to live my life this way. And yes, it, it offers us, uh, it, it acts as a compass, right? But then we have to have the courage to say no when it's not in alignment. And again, I bring it back to the movement. I want to say first, having having great mentors in my life, right? I have beautiful teachers on, on, on this path that helped me. Without them, I don't think that would be, it, it would not have been possible because again, how do we, like we need people in our life to call us out on our BS and, and when we can't see it because it's unconscious. So I want to say thank you for those, those teachers and mentors in my life. And then being able to say no when it's not in alignment. And when you start to tune into your body, your body doesn't lie. That's why movement is beautiful. Your body does not lie. And as women, we hold this deep wisdom inside of us. And if we can just quiet the noise and actually connect to our bodies, your body's not going to lie. And that's how the, every, every step of the way, that's exactly what it was. I was supposed to go out to Europe to, to see my partner. And it's like, I can feel it in my body. It's pulling me out of alignment. It's pulling me back into that toxic culture. That's not what I truly want, right? But because we become so identified with all the voices in the mind, and then I start to identify, well, what are people going to think, right? Oh, I'm going to be missing out. The fear comes up, right? That fear of missing out. And so what do you identify with? Are you identifying with fear or love, right? What are, what are you creating in your life? And then it was like that same sensation came up in my body when it was like Christmas time. And it's like, I don't actually want to go home. I don't want to go back to that scarcity mindset, to that fear and anxiety of people pleasing and people eating excess sugar because it's Christmas and doing things they don't really want to. And me just pretending when really I want to be here in Mexico. And so I could feel that in my body. And it was like, okay, now I have the courage to say no when it's not in alignment. And then it was like saying no, right? And then staying here in Mexico. And then my partner was supposed to come. And it was like, oh, I'm still feeling that sensation in my body until I actually get to the bottom of it. And it's like, wow, like when you live your life in truth, like, yes, there's pain. There was pain every step of the way, but wow, there's through the darkness, there's also like tremendous joy and bliss comes from living a, a life in integrity, right? Of living a, the life that you want to live. And I know a lot of times people listen to me. I remember when I did retreats with Salty Souls as well, and maybe they, they look at me and they, oh, I wish I was like cat. Right? I wish I was, they think I was just born this way. I, I wish I was fearless like cat. I wish I would, I could just say no, but it's like, I want to say you can, right? Like that part of me that you idolize, you have it in you. You just can't see it, right? It's like suppressed in the shadow, but it's like that part of me where you think, wow, she's so great. You also have that in you. You can do it. Mm, definitely. I had someone tell me once that um, everything I felt jealous of in another woman was not something to step away from. It was something to go towards. Like if I was surfing and someone was way better than me and I started having like emotions where I'm like, that makes me jealous. It's like, go towards that because there's something in that that you want, that you want to. So if you feel like envious of another woman or you feel like go towards that, ask her, can you help me? Or like watch what she does because you're recognizing something that you have in yourself. Yes, absolutely. You talked about journaling and you talked about emotions. That's exactly what it is. Being able to feel those different emotions and not running away from it, right? When that that jealousy, being able to identify it, but if that envy, that jealousy, that sadness comes up, it's like being able to identify it and actually go towards it, right? Because it's it's 
again, relationship is mirror and not just, I'm not just talking like, like personal relationships, all relationship is mirror, right? So when we're able to see that relationships are, are mirror and when triggers come up, we're able to say like, okay, which, what part within me, right? Where can I find that part within myself? And then it offers real growth to healing. That's where the, the healing occurs when we start to, to find that, that thing within ourselves and, and, and work towards it. Uh, I, I love it. Yes. Yeah. And I totally agree. Kat, I could talk to you for ages. Thank you so much for sitting with me yeah. this morning and sharing with us in the community. I feel like I got to know you a bit better and I'm really excited that the community now knows you a little bit better as well. Before I start to wrap it up, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Strength with Weights program, the latest program in the club, which people have been loving. We have so many messages in the inbox that people are loving it. Could you just talk about it a little bit, what people can expect and, and what it's for? Yeah, Strength and Weights, our, our, our latest program. Again, like I mentioned during this podcast, right? It's coming home to your body, connecting to your body, connecting to your senses, remembering your truest nature, right? As women, we hold this creative potential within ourselves. It's self-expression to be who we truly are, right? Connecting back to that wild woman within ourselves and, and not having any expectations of what it should be. Like it's accessible to everyone, right? We might all be a different um, phases in our life, but I think it's it's truly connecting, coming home to your body, giving yourself this beautiful gift of just just being. Um, so there are 45 minutes to one hour trainings. You have the option to do it body weight. You have the options to do it with weights. You can use resistant bands. You can use, I'm using a cement block in it. It's funny, I, I, a cement block that I found in Mexico. It was extremely d- difficult to find weight. So I went out on my bike. Like, if you want it, you can do it. I went out on my bike. <laughs> construction that they were doing construction and I picked up the the cement block that weighs about uh 35 kilos which is like 65 pounds and I rode my bike back home and I was like yes and it was all part of it as well right like I actually have themes for every workout there's great love and intention behind it and I think it's like to connect to the heart it's like it's not just a a program that you you buy online it's like there's actually love and intention behind it and when you show up and you create this space of joy within yourself you don't need much page just the space of a mat and when you connect to your heart and you connect to the community right there's no power greater than community for for change right we heal as a community not in isolation so when you connect with like-minded women right even though it's online and you create the safe place and you allow yourself to feel all those emotions and you come back to your truest nature it's it truly is um empowering and liberating so that's what it's all about It's an amazing program. I love it. And so do so many other people. Kat, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you for being a part of the Salty Club community. We love working with you and our community is so lucky to have you. Yes, thank you. I would finish with, this was me this morning. I choose this gift of life every single day, right? This body is sacred. All of the functions in in our body is sacred. This body is a temple, right? So I choose the gift of life every single day. Give yourself the most beautiful gift ever, the gift of simply being. You are worthy for simply being. I love it, Kat. Thank you. If you ever come down to Guatemala, let me know. You're welcome anytime. Yes. (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by The Salty Club, hosted by me, Caitlin Creeper, and sound and editing by Matyosh Gomes.